Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten. This podcast is brought to you in association with RedArmyBet.com. Check on their website for the latest odds and offers. Some really attractive Manchester United ones. That's RedArmyBet.com. I'm sat in a back garden in North London, about 15 minutes walk from Arsenal's ground. And I'm with uh, James Brown. James is a Leeds fan. I've known James for 20 years. James was the man who started Loaded Magazine, which was massive in the 90s. And then he went on to edit GQ Magazine. And he's written books. He's done book. television. Oh, book. He's sat next to me. And um, I've interviewed him in the past in United We Stand, where he talked about how Stephen McPhail was going to be better than Paul Scholes. Didn't quite work out. And I thought no, it'd no, be good. No, no, no he's going to start arguing. Retrospectively, he said it retrospectively. I said he was better than. He said he's all oh, right. He says he's better than him. <laughs> um, I thought James would be good on a podcast because Leeds are doing really well. James speaks well, and he's re- the book he wrote, which we did an extract of in United We Stand. It's about five-a-side football, and it got a good review. And I keep hearing good things about it. I've not read it because got two young children I've read one book this year and it was nothing to do with football I used to read 10 books a year just don't have the time but people whose opinions I respect keep telling me that the book is really good Um, I know I'm mentioning it a couple of times relating to Manchester United and the people Jamie Reaming was one of them he's involved in United We Stand and then a couple of weeks ago a Middlesbrough fan called Nick Hall said I've heard this book's really good and I find that when it's word of mouth and not sort of marketing ploy I tend to pay attention to it so I thought it'd be nice to have him on the podcast just to slate Leeds United in case they come back up James thanks for joining us on this thanks, Andy. Manchester United Leeds United podcast podcast uh, Stephen McPhail being better than Paul Scholes yeah I can't remember saying that but I could imagine I, I, saying I can. it I can I want to play it back to you no no I could imagine <laughs> it but did I say I don't think I said that before that because Scholes was in your team before McPhail was in ours because mm. I remember seeing Scholes coming off the bench and warming up at Ellen Road the year he was in that League Cup team with Brian McClare do you remember that Brian McClare was the senior player yeah it was, and he got a lot of goals in that in that run but he wasn't in the the league first team that was and that I think was before O'Leary I think that might have been George Graham or Wilkinson when did Scholes go into the team 94 at Port Vale away yeah so that it was a lot later than that so I think it was retrospectively okay. but I was probably just saying it to wind you out so quite a lot of ironically I'm, Leeds are playing their first game in London this weekend at Millwall you're going and I'm going on a stag do with a mate of mine who's a Man United fan right but last year I went to the first three games that Leeds played and I think we lost all of them and I just thought I'm a jinx. So obviously I went to a lot more throughout the season but it's quite a depressing start. I mean, uh, so this year I thought I'm going to sit back a bit and just watch and let do it but I didn't think we'd have had a record setting start because no one knew the manager when he came in at all. He's called uh, Tommy Christensen. I was really underwhelmed when he was appointed. And he's, he's done great. He's brilliant. And he's got the best ever start to a Leeds manager. I think we're the only team in all the English leagues who are yet to go behind in a game. We've, I think we've only conceded two goals in the league. 
We've not conceded at Ellen Road. We're just <clears throat> lots of stats. He's got the best start ever in start. So, and the new owner is as as really he's got the money, but he's not being flashy with it. Who so is he? He's a guy called uh, Adriana Radvidziani, and he's an Italian media guy who made his money. Probably some of the Man United fans in the Far East will know his products. He's what he did was he grouped all the less, as I understand it, he grouped all the lesser European leagues. So maybe the Championship or the uh, Portuguese League or the Scandinavian leagues, and he sold them in bundles to the media companies in the Far East. And I think, and, and he's just built up a business doing that. So not having the Serie A and you know so on and so forth, La Liga and the and the Premier League, and um, he sold that for a lot of money to a Chinese company. But what he's done is he's, um, you know, when he's basically. He said he said two things. He said when I came to Ellen Road, he bought half of it last Christmas. He um, he said I don't want to make when he when he came in. He said this is looks like a club from the nineteen seventies. So then when Chilino left in the summer, he acquired full ownership. And he said I don't want to make money. I want to make history. And um, he's bought thirteen players. In, he's bought a mixture of up and coming, very good up and coming players from Europe. Uh, and so, for instance, but he's done it. But they're players that are below the radar, so they're not the twenty, thirty, forty, fifty million pound up and coming players. That you know, threes, fours, and fives. But a couple of examples of who we've got. There's a guy called Sibiki, who has joined from Malmo, and I googled him when he came in, and the only other connection with Leeds was with with England was Manchester United. We're considering buying him apparently at the start of the summer. And then we've got another guy called Grot. He's a really big, tall striker. Sounds like Huddersfield a year ago. I found myself... No, I went I to Huddersfield googling a lot of players. They were coming from decent German teams. They were costing two million, three million. Maybe yeah. they were coming in yeah, on loans. Thing. I don't like to compare it to Huddersfield. I don't like well, to H- a year behind, but, but basically... Huddersfield are the preeminent West Yorkshire team at the moment. They're the only Yorkshire team in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, this is a fact. Yeah, but it's like when Man United in the league division two. You'd still think you're a bigger club than oh, you are. Man City. You, 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 you <laughs> are a bigger club. Yeah, I, 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 I noticed <laughs> you had thirty three thousand at the weekend. That that's a very impressive crowd. Well, uh, I think what we've got now is we've got a guy who has been building up the playing squad. He bought thirteen players this year, and then he's bought. Borthwick Jackson from your place, yeah. a centre back from Everton. Good Hermston boy, Cameron. Uh, and he's he's taken a strike. He's basically taken three loans from four loans, one from Benfica, five actually. Benfica, Hamburg, Man United, Everton, big clubs, Liverpool. Again, quality players, and just for they're all squad players apart from Lasaga, who's come to play centre forward in having replaced Chris Wood. Are they playing good football? That's amazing. Do you think they're going to come up? Yeah, I mean no doubt. We scored 20 goals. This time last year, we'd scored like about eight. Wood had scored nearly all of them. We've had 10 goal scorers. He's brought players in. What I was going to say about Grot was, an agent friend of mine, uh, who's a Leeds fan, had said that his colleagues in Holland have said, how have Leeds got him? He should be in a top 10 Champions League sort of level club. And um, But there's a lot of that in football. There's a lot of, he could have been, he was linked to. Yeah, but I think... I mean, results are showing that a vindicated. Yeah, I mean, the guy we've got from 
the second level in, in Spain, Saiz. From where? I don't know what the club was. Some of them came in. You were just kind of wondering, let's see what happens. But I, don't, I think he's a Premier League player. He's brilliant. I'd love to see Leeds back in the top flight. Well, we're coming. I'd say that this time last, this, this last season, I didn't dare even consider that we might go up until the first week of April when I was convinced the playoffs were bolted on, definite. And I, that, that was the for April. But this time, because the thing is, the guy's got the money. He went out and bought Ellen Road. Day three of full ownership. And that contrasts completely with your previous owner, Bullshit who merchants. was a byword for controversy, yeah, for just, doing the unconventional. Yeah. What was the worst story you heard about him, which can be repeated publicly? Um, well, a mate of mine was in his office at Ellen Road and he got called over to do a contract. And there was a lad there... Chilino called him over and it. Actually, I don't know if I can say this. Can you. Are we, are we, yeah, you're, we're, you're recording it, we're recording it as live, so tell us a story <laughs> that you can tell about him. No, it's just I don't want to drop him in it because he told me it in privately. Uh, well, most, most of them. He seemed are, a pretty unscrupulous person. Okay, here's one. Right. Right. Uh, somebody took a player to Leeds from mm. Shrewsbury yeah. as a potential signing. Yeah. I think he was called Connor Goldston, something like that. And he came up, and he and the quote was, he could have been a bit of a rough diamond, diamond in the mud, you know. And he said he he looked a little bit, he played a little bit like Rio Ferdinand, sort of cultured centre back, lean, tall. And he came up, and I think he was from York or something. He'd had very good seasons, but he kind of one of those that just maybe there was somebody ahead of him at the club that he came through at. And um, so the meeting went very well. And afterwards, the person who brought him in and said to Chilino. Well, shall we? Uh, shall I just do the contract then? That went great. He said, "No, no, no, we're not signing him." He said, "Well, I thought you let me say, no, no, no. He's got the wrong shape head for a defender." <laughs> so I, I came home. I came home. I didn't have an iPhone on me or, or laptop. I came home and looked him up and looked at his head. His head was fine. He looked a bit. He was a sort of spade-shaped head, you know, thin at the bottom, a bit like yours, you know. So that traditional shape of the face, oh, a human head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I forgot about that. And then in January, this was at the start of the season last year or the year before. And then in January, I was watching Monday Night Football and Brighton on, and they were flying. Or maybe it was a bit later in the year. They were flying and they were coming up, and. Uh, Oh, that's that name, that's that guy. So I looked it up and it was. So I put that story on Twitter. Everyone was going, he's been an absolute find. He's been instrumental in our promotion push. And he was like, oh, great. So he was just a madman, basically. But this guy is together. He's made the ground. He's modernised the ground. He's modernising um, the sort of commercial uh, media outputs. He's brought the ladies' team in. So they've played at Ellen Road for the first time ever. He's very community orientated. He's doing. It's like somebody's waved a magic wand, and if you think about the problems that Man United had with the Glazers or Orient at the other end of the league, have got a problem with, you know, with their owner. There's Charlton. There's so many clubs who've got problems. This. It's like he's just waved a magic wand. Somebody said yesterday on Twitter, it's like he's winning championship owner. That's what he's winning, and um, so I think there's. He's got the money, but he's not spent it extravagantly. Kenny Dalglish sent him our way, right? Kenny Dalglish. But, was... but you can see the appeal. 
Leeds is one of the biggest cities in England. The ground holds 40,000. It has a great history. It's the biggest club in Yorkshire. I went to Sheffield Wednesday a few weeks ago. They're a big club, but Leeds United are a, are a bigger club. They really should be in the top flight of, it, of English football. Not just in the, in the Premier League. They should be a top 10 team. And in the in eyes my of most... Mind we are. Yeah. Because you have... I mean, the difference between a Leeds fan... From, the difference between me and you is Manchester United, Manchester City now, Chelsea now, Arsenal less so, Spurs now, all exist in the top five or six. And in my mind, we're there. Because as a little kid, we were. You know, between 1965, 1975, Leeds, I think, won more not... than anybody else in English football. So that's when the first ten years... Is that not delusional, though? Because there, yes. are, there are Leeds fans who say... Totally delusional. ...who say, we won the European Cup in yeah, but, 1975. But, yeah, but, but I, think, I think if... They didn't. No, but, Andy, I think if what happened in that game had happened to any okay. club, they would have the same bullying response. If you ever watched that game, it was just... And the the, 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 the the referee never reffed again. Yeah. He'd been a guest of Bayern Munich the weekend before. He'd obviously been got to. That isn't some mad... You know, I saw a Man City fan at the weekend moaning about red cards and things against them. It, it, you can have a bad run, but I'm not going to say it evens up. You can have a bad run. I think a couple of years ago, Swansea had something like more penalties given against them than anybody. And... Um, it, you just just you it, mentioning it's not, it's not delusional in my mind. I was telling somebody the other day, Leeds uh, Leeds are a better club than you know bigger and better club than Chelsea, because in my mind the moment we've gone down it's just stopped. Yeah, I, I, I think you know that's, what? I mean, I think that's fair. Not. Chelsea yeah. won the Champions League yeah, twice and in revenues, the last ten years yeah, or but whatever. In my mind, Leeds are still probably a bigger club than Chelsea or maybe a similar level and they were great rivals weren't they going back to that yes. 1970 well more than Man United Leeds. Cup. Yeah. Eddie Gray told me that the yeah. great Leeds winger and that programme from that game is one of the rarest programmes of relatively modern football which the, the, the cup final replay from 1970 oh, right. okay. is, worth, is worth a fortune and just you mentioning Bayern Munich and Leeds then jogged my mind um, from when I spoke to Gordon McQueen and Joe Jordan, who were stars of your team in the 70s. I'm not going to bait you and say Manchester United took them. They told me, McQueen told me a story, or, or Jordan did, where they'd gone away to the south of Spain pre-season. They got a phone call um, from Bayern Munich in the days before mobile phones, obviously. And Bayern Munich wanted to buy Joe Jordan. And the hotel receptionist or whoever was sent came out to where the Leeds players were and asked to speak to, to Joe Jordan. McQueen was his best friend, went to take the call and pretended to be Joe Jordan, but it was Gordon McQueen. He said, Mr. So-and-so from Bayern Munich, we're in, we want to sign you. McQueen said, um, I'm interested, but only if you bring Gordon McQueen as, <laughs> as well. This is 100%, this is. And the guy said, well, he's not really good enough for, for us. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's part of the deal. You know, McQueen is very classy. And in the end, a very diplomatic Bavarian said, you know, we've got this player in his position. We're not going to be requiring him. But McQueen thought it was a blag, and it wasn't. Bayern Munich genuinely wanted to buy Joe Jordan until okay. Gordon McQueen fucked it up. So he ended up at 
at Manchester United. I shouldn't laugh too much at your story about the odd-shaped head either because Manchester United scouted Isco, one of the best players in Europe at the moment, and decided that his head was too big for his body. Well, that was that was one of the genuine. It was one of the genuine. And I wrote this a couple of weeks okay. ago when it got picked up and it went all around Spain and England, and it was sort of twisted slightly out of context because there was a full scouting report came back and United got it wrong. Manchester United got but it sometimes wrong. Sometimes they do. Of course they do. Well, Leeds found best before Man United did. Right. And they said they didn't want him because too small. Whoever was the yeah. scouting. Mm. Have you done the piece on the guy that found Bremner and Buchan? No. I think the same scout in Aberdeen found Billy Bremner and Martin Buchan yeah. and possibly Lorimer. Somebody told me about him. Also. There's a guy in Scotland, a football writer, told me about this guy. I think he wrote, wrote a piece about it. I've got some questions from okay. United We Stand. Can I just listeners. clarify the delusional? Yeah. Yes, it is delusional. But when you're in love with someone, it's blind. And I said this to Ian Wright. Oh fuck! Sorry, he's just his hand shaking. <laughs> uh, I said this to Ian Wright once when I was chatting to him. And he said that is totally right. I said when it doesn't matter. When he was asking about how's it feel Leeds being in the next level down. I mean, also I think you know what it's like where we've been. When Man United used to come to Old Trafford, sorry, used to come to Ellen Road, the the atmosphere of the away fans would be much better. Than if I went to Old Trafford to see the Manchester, so you know the Manchester United fans at home, because the away fans oh, it's are brilliant. It's diluted you, across yeah. the ground. Yeah. So the atmosphere is always away. I love Ellen Road. Well, being I love outside the of the Premier League, right, has been like being away right. all the time because the atmosphere has been great at Ellen Road. But we've the last couple of years we've been taking five, six, seven thousand away. You won't get those allocations in no, the Premier exactly. League. That's it. Somebody and I've noticed you, you, you take six thousand to Barnsley, you take five thousand to Preston. We had seven thousand at Fulham on a midweek. We had seven thousand at Blackburn. But I went Fulham to wouldn't be given seven thousand tickets to away teams if they made it back to the Premier League. No, they wouldn't. You get two thousand. So, so you're benefiting from that. Yeah, but also all of those teams as well let you have more. Yeah, They're not like, what accent are you from, where are you from? So actually... Because they need to fill empty stadiums. Yeah. So if you support the team that you love, you, you still think, in the same way as a player, what I've written about in head, Above Head Height, when you're playing five-a-side, you think you're Arthur Graham or Joe Jordan or Johnny Giles or whoever it is, and um, Gordon Strachan, you think that you're hero, whether it's current current player or a player from you know the past. What is your favourite memory from a Manchester United Leeds United game? My worst memory. Oh, I said favourite, but no, if but you want to give no, me your best, no, and but you'll worst. like this. You'll like this. I was at. I was. I think it was the year we were in the Champions League, and we had a lot of really bad injuries. We were really low. We were basically, and uh, we went to Old Trafford. I forget what the result was, which means we probably lost. But after about seven or eight minutes, I noticed Roy Keane was limping off the ball, way away from the action. And that's when he'd done his... And I nudged my mate, and I said, look, Keane's fucked. And we're like, great. And at that moment, Beckham sprung off the bench and started warming up, and he just went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> so that was, that's like my worst memory of it, just that level when you add yeah. that, that quality of midfield. But my best memory against Man United... Um, Apart from winning the league in... In 92, although we did well against you. Let me come back season. to that. Let me have a okay. think. 
And I've also forgot that you also edited Jack magazine. Jack was yes. Jack was a great little magazine. It didn't last for so long, but you had a bit in there called Letters from a, a Complete Time Waster. It became a best-selling book. That's a quarter of a million copies. And deservedly so. Yeah. And and that guy used to write letters to like the British Association of Colours. Yeah. I remember one of them, and he said, "I've invented a new colour. Yeah. Can I can I?" give it to you and he gets his letter back from the man who's in charge of the British Association of Colours who's usually a one man band saying well, well what is it and he replies and says well I'm not telling you because you might nick my idea <laughs> so he gets his correspondence going back and forwards and he said look I'll tell you the name of it but I'm not giving you the colour it's green it's a, it's a mixture of green and cream he says I'm going to paint it on the bridge above Alden Mumps train station next Tuesday morning <laughs> at 9am. I'm going to keep it there for two hours and I'm going to paint over it. You've got to go to Alden Mumps, see it, register it, then we can talk business. <laughs> so I can imagine this one-man band, colour man, thinking someone wants me to go to Alden Mumps to see this and it's a chain of like nine letters they were brilliant those letters just genius but you know what you'll like this if you're not a fan of Manchester City there wasn't the colour blue wasn't around until the mid 19th century a description of it really? think about that no yeah. what was your favourite letter from a complete time waster they were, well, they were just all hilarious. And unlike you, I don't remember all of them. I was putting yeah. them out to... He wrote to Sony like the British Herring Society, <laughs> asking if he could talk to him about herrings. But then, the, the replies he got were from genius. people with loads of time on their hand. Who runs the British Herring? I don't know. Somebody's, herring Society. Yeah, it was probably tough to get a new herring fan. <laughs> there were loads of them. They were great. He's called... Um, what's his real name? His, his writer's name was Robin Cooper, wasn't yeah. it? Brundesbury Villas and he'd build up and up and up and he'd say like um, I've got this like I'm an artist I've done this picture can I send it to you and he'd reply and say of course you can can I trust you if I send it to you of course you can so he's got him to, to, to write back five times buy the stamps post the letters and he'd send the final artwork and it was just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> shit like a picture of one of them was just like a ping pong bat written by <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Written very, by a 12-year-old. He was a producer at Channel 4. Was he? The guy. He did a series called People Like Us or something. I don't know. Anyway. Go on, give us your readers' questions. Readers' questions. Listeners' questions. Can you see a similarity between Leeds hating Manchester United with Scots hating England? you got one minute each on these because we've okay, done 24 that's, minutes. That, that's a really good question. Um, no. I think... The background is just local rivalry. And you can say, well, the War of the Roses, but I don't think that's really the... No. I don't think that's that. Because, as I said, Eddie Gray said to me, as the players in the 70s, the team that Leeds players didn't like was Chelsea. That was the rivalry. The, that was the professional rivalry. Even though they were humding in semi-finals against Manchester United yeah. and the... Yeah, they didn't... The great clubs. So that... And then... Um, Okay. So, so that no, but and also whereas if you know what the history, of what the English did in Scotland, it was, you know, not too long ago, was it, that they were doing ethnic cleansing, basically. How does it feel? Not, I don't have to agree with these questions, but it is a podcast. That the vast majority of fans from your most hated rival either couldn't give two shits about Leeds, 
and that most of the rest of them want them to do well and get promoted. Okay, that's a, a reasonable question. Say that again. What most Man United fans couldn't give a shit about Leeds. But most of them actually want you to get promoted. Uh, well, I just think it's like... I mean, uh, Alex Ferguson, in an interview when asked what he missed about managing, said going to Ellen Road. I was speaking to Martin Edwards a couple of weeks ago and he brought up a story about going to Ellen Road where this concierge would always meet him. Hello, Mr Edwards. Welcome to Ellen Road, the current whatever, yeah, however yeah. you've done. And he, he said, delayed it on a bit too thick. And at the end, it was, thank you for coming to Ellen Road again. Um, I hope you enjoyed the game today. But United, Man United might have lost the game. Yeah, yeah. And Edwards lost his rag one time. He said, no, we fucking didn't. Well, Which wasn't, he was the chairman yeah, but, of Manchester But also, United. when Inns was at Inter Milan, what do you miss in, in Goal magazine? What do you miss about English football? Going to Ellen Road with Man United. So, it's... Uh, I miss a, it. It's I a, miss it. It's a fixture that is important for a lot of teams on an away day it's a great it's a great atmosphere and it's this week I was playing by the side and I said to these Chelsea and Arsenal fans we're going to be playing your teams next year and I I believe we will we appreciate the support of our sponsors which help keep this podcast free for you to enjoy Uh, Harry's is a razor company it's based in the United States they've got over three million regular subscribers to their blades and they're offering United We Stand listeners a trial set for only £2.95. It should be £11.50. If you go to harrys.com forward slash United, you can train, claim your trial set will be delivered to your door. Uh, I've I've received one. I've used it. I liked it. It's a decent shave. The You get shaving gel. It's all very nicely packaged. And you get razors with five blades at a very decent price, especially compared with other five-blade razors. And how they did that, Harry's bought a factory in Germany with over 100 years of blade making experience and they thought that by controlling the entire blade making process and selling over the internet, they could keep the cost down, give you a high quality shave at a better price. So if you go to harrys.com forward slash united and then for £2.95 you'll get a weighted ergonomic razor handle, you get the, the blades, the shave gel, a travel blade cover as well and you can subscribe you can have them delivered to you as frequently or as infrequently as you like or you can just buy them outright if you want to do it i suggest you just try it see if you like it and and take it from there you wrote a beautiful article about one of your five-a-side teammates who passed away and yeah. you only knew him as the guy who well, you played. I knew him a bit better. You knew him a bit but better. But that's the opening chapter of Above Head Height. Right. I think anybody who, anybody who plays five-a-side or... Yeah, you just know them as... You, just, you, you, you half ma- know them. You don't know about their life. That's it. You may be a bunch of mates who've got a five-a-side team, but so you, then you do know each other. But a lot of the times if you just come together and play and you don't even maybe have a drink afterwards, you, you might not know anything about them. Yeah. So that was really the starting point of the book. Do you think there are any common traits between Leeds and Manchester people as there could be between Mancunians and Scousers or are they completely different breeds? Uh, well, I think they like going out. and I mean, I said, Do you know what? I think it's more living in the South. You, it's easier to identify huge differences between London football clubs and Northern football clubs. If you go to Newcastle or Liverpool or Everton, Man United, Leeds, the level of atmosphere 
far outpasses going to something like Chelsea or Arsenal. Spurs is quite lively. West Ham did have a great atmosphere, but it's easier to identify north-south differences than I think Transpennine. It's just, I find the places are weird in Manchester, the names. What like? I've got a friend in Alderley Edge. I've been staying with him on and on and off for a little bit in the last year. And there's, uh, a, there's a police helicopter above and it's escorting the Cologne fans to yeah, the, to that's the stadium. Yeah. Well, that's definitely what's happening. Yeah. Um, and that's the only th- main th- notice thing I noticed. What, what odd names? I mean, if you're going to say like um, Rottenstall and. Ermston. I'm from Ermston. Yeah, but words like that are, are, are very different. A lot of the words around Manchester yeah. are different. Stretch. But it's probably well, it's because you're not from there. No, but, no it's not. It's well, probably because you're Celtic or Irish or Spanish based. When Vikings, that's that genuinely is but the settlements. Batley. Yeah, but Batley's like a different to what you've got. Go on, come and move on. <laughs> I wish I had a few to hand. Just when I've been going through. Uh, Hunslet. No, Hunslet is different to like Ermston. Go on. Jewsbury. Chapel. Wakefield. Something Chapel. I was stood by the motorway waiting to get a lift. Chapel on the Frith. I don't know. Heat and Chapel. Heat and Chapel. Yeah, it's one of the four Heatons. Yeah, go on. It's a nice part of the world. I'm unfamiliar with them. Did the Tour de France coming to Yorkshire in 2014 excite you? That can be answered quickly. I thought that was amazing. And the people that set up that Welcome to Yorkshire banner, like Lancashire but better, same people. Yorkshire tourist people have done loads of things that have been very ambitious and come off very funny. I tweeted that day that it looked brilliant. It did. and I hope that the Yorkshire region would use some of the money and invest it into key public services like electricity. So <laughs> I was clearly on the wind up. Got loads of shit. Well, that's what happens. You don't know. No, you're no, you don't. It. But I got shit off Man United fans who live in Yorkshire, like saying we're not all that bad. And I was, I was joking. Well, Twitter can be an odd, odd forum. Uh, I'd happily see Leeds back in the Premier League says another listener it's a proper northern city there's a belting atmosphere when we play them there's far too many boring southern clubs like Watford Palace Bournemouth that should be removed to make space for real clubs like Leeds one of the Sheffields and Nottingham Forest that's not a question that's a statement and I'm nodding along with that I don't know how you'd forcibly remove remove them best article or feature that you ever ran in Loaded or GQ Uh, well for you guys the one that I really liked in GQ was Eric. All right. I found this photo of Eric with war paint all over his face, like yeah. a Maori yeah. makeup thing. And the photos inside were taken near Barcelona in some sort of surrealist landscaped oh, garden. Yes. Yeah. And he was living near Barcelona at the time. So I just I found them in a photo magazine. I bought them, put them in. So I didn't originate. Just sometimes you do that as an editor. You find stuff and you republish it. But then, quite a few years later, I was at a party for sale. I think I might have told Remo this when I did the interview. I was at a party with um, to celebrate, commemorate Joe Strummer's life. And at about midnight, the doors flew open. And it was like a cowboy scene. These four guys, these four mysterious guys came in with collars up and rolls under their arms. I don't mean baps. Or, I mean... Or bomb case. What do you call it? I mean that? a roll. I mean a roll of... A, now, let's not get on this because it's a great story. It came up with rolled sleeping bags. And, like, you know, those, bit like those bags you had at school, like the RAF bags? Like khaki bags. Yeah. They looked like travellers. And it was Eric 
and two of his brothers and this other guy and they came in I got chatting to this other guy we were just by wow. the door and he, he, his name was Richard and he said he's a photographer and I just I just on a flyer I said uh, you didn't take those pictures of Eric with a Maori face did you for photo magazine he said yeah yeah I took them I said I was the editor of GQ put them on and he, he got Eric over he's going Eric Eric and then they were talking in French so Eric was pleased we shook yeah. hands and we went and sat down and then my mate Paul who's stagged you I'm the Man United fan came and got Eric in a headlock and started kissing him and just ruined the night so that was I would say that was my favourite because I got to meet you know a great footballer and then in Loaded I liked it the first time I reviewed a biscuit because I suddenly had a space to fill and I thought right biscuit of the month and I just made it up because that, that was at that point I realised that was issue two I could basically do anything I wanted how many was it selling at a peak uh, my peak was on its way towards 400,000 wow Amazing. and then it, I mean, after I the... left it carried on growing and it's yeah. got to about half a million yeah oh, oh there were so many you know the the one the canoeing was good the crisps world cup I remember that I, I, I was an avid reader you also sent Gavin Hills uh, rest yes. in peace Gavin and Zed Nelson who went on to become a very renowned photographer yeah. to Galatasaray with Manchester United yeah, in, in 94 and I, that's the first time I met Gavin and became friends with Gavin do you know he wasn't uh, a Man United fan yeah I know I know you see Gavin said he was a United fan and I'd stay at his flat in London and he was Amnesty International Young Journalist of the Year I respected Gavin greatly as a writer, as a person, as a Matt mate. Busby. He had Matt Busby on the wall, he Massive. loved Busby. I just couldn't have him as a United fan. Like, I'd never seen him at a game. Well, he, just, did, he did the Man United fanzine. No, oh, not fanzine, he did the Man United magazine. Oh, sorry, yeah, he did the Man United club magazine. Yeah. And I stayed at his flat as well, and he had this enormous cardboard poster of, yeah. of Matt Busby. Yeah. And I slept on his settee under a Sabutio kit, uh, Sabutio pitch. And woke up to Matt Busby. And with Matt Busby looking down. And uh, But then when he died, we were around the grave and people were chucking stuff in. Yeah. And the guy... Buried in Leatherhead, isn't it? It just says Gavin Hill's yeah, journalist. And um, somebody threw a Spurs badge in. Yeah. I said, what have you done that for? And he said, that's who he supported. Yeah, I can he believe just, that. It was his business. It was the guy that he did the magazine with. James. The, James, yeah. the publishing end. He said... Know. He was a Spurs fan. He just pretended to support Man United because he realised it'd be a great job and it would be great to go. Spurs weren't, weren't yeah. doing anything then. I and took he... him to Leeds away when we when we early '97. <laughs> I took Gavin there, got him a ticket, but I, I couldn't have him as a Manchester United yeah, fan. That's the year he died. But he was May '97. He died, and he was only thirty. But as a social commentator and, and his journalism was very good, and yeah. he, he gave me good advice. He's a good guy, Gavin. He was good. Um, if, you don't know, if you don't know what we're talking about, yeah. he wrote a lot about... He was the only really writer, him and another guy called Richard Benson, who would write a little bit about football culture and about casual culture in the face Yeah. when they were more obsessed with clubbing. Yeah, whatever and, and, happened and, to the Lightly Lads was about was the that, casual culture. That was Gavin in the face. Right, OK, yeah. Uh, Adam Porter's one of your mates, isn't he? Yeah, Adam was... Adam wrote the piece in United We Stand last year about going to watch a France game dressed as a chicken and getting set upon by local kids from Saint Denis. Adam's, Adam's a handy lad, he can look after himself. So rather than take the bait, he started fighting back dressed as a chicken. Was that when he was at Loaded? That was 98 as a precursor to the World Cup. But was like he doing that for Loaded? Game. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, writing yeah. it. Yeah, he had a fight dressed as a chicken, but he can look after himself, can't he? He's a good footballer. He's, He's a bit upset because in my book I said he was a bit fat. <laughs> I've um, I've offered him a few matches in the last year, All right. and he's 
I can sense that he can play, yes, but he's right. a little bit out of shape. Yeah. So you could use that to describe. Lad anyone. and ladder culture. Yeah. Do you take responsibility? No. Is another question. No, just stupid. That is. Uh, when I started low, no disrespect. I don't mean it's stupid, but the idea. He's obviously just passed that idea on. Before I started loaded, as far as I was aware, people went to football, people went to festivals, people drank heavily at weekends. If you went to Liverpool or Dublin or Newcastle, you'd see gangs of lasses roaming around, having a drink, hole, wherever. Uh, all I did was put a magazine together about the things I loved that weren't in any other magazines. Women's magazines wouldn't have clubbing or comedy. Well, women are really into those things. Men's magazines wouldn't have football or, or, or clubbing or anything like oh, that. You, you, so all I did was you hit gold. see you seized that, the... that I had a chance to create a magazine and I just put everything that I was into. But mainly the staples were football and music and having a laugh, really. And Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. Can't believe I'm mentioning her again on one of these podcasts. You had a young Elizabeth Hurley in about yeah, but do you know what? issue three. Those photos were shot for Arena and they didn't print them. Really? So, that's, so that typifies... That what we put in loaded. Thought you might have had a story then where you'd actually met no, Elizabeth no, I yourself. Met. I've never met. Um, do you do one twos with a wall when you play five a side? Is yeah. because the person asking the question says that he's cheating. Who said that? Uh, there's no name on it. I've just copied that's the, the question. That's a great question. Uh, yeah. I can. Sc- I've scored off the wall a few times. I think you should be allowed to use of the wall. It's not cheating. Um, we're down to the last five minutes. Gordon Strachan discuss one minute. Just a fantastic player, very excitable, uh, a lot of passion, a lot of skill. Came into his sort of, uh, just came into his own at Leeds. You know, I don't know what he was like at Man United. My only memory of him is not being able to get over that fence, and he scored in the was it UEFA Cup final or something. And uh, but at Leeds, he was brilliant. He was a real leader, and just the other thing is, people talk about him being a leader, but he was a very good player. Yeah. Eric Cantona discuss. We've already discussed. We've discussed Eric. Peter Ridsdale. Worst worst day in our history, Eric going. Definitely. Best day in your history, worst day in ours. Would you think there's a better day in your history? It was brilliant from the start. It was amazing. It wasn't. And 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 it gave you a massive blow as well. It was a massive punch in your chops. Peter Ridsdale. (laughs) Just uh, too big an ego. That's it. Best two bands to come out of Leeds. I don't know. Pass. Tell me some good bands to come out of Leeds. It's a bit of a well, cultural desert. Desert, no, no. There's loads. There's you know. Uh, there's the. Uh, there's there's been a lot recently. There's been loads. There's some but bands who people level. would have heard no, of from Leeds. No, uh, and it ones you know where what? it's not like the theme tune to like Emmerdale Farm or Last of the Summer I Wine. I wouldn't want to upset my friends from Manchester if they thought I was favouring the Leeds. All right, you don't have to favour them, but name some bands who come out of Leeds. I can't think of any, and I know there are some. Okay, well, old bands. Yeah. Soft South, Sisters of Mercy, Dire Straits. uh, Dire Straits from Leeds? Well, they formed when they were students there. All right, fully having that. And then the Age of Chance, Wedding Present, Kaiser Chiefs. Kaiser Chiefs, they were well known. Isn't that band that did the weird experimental album? Alt 4, I think they're from Leeds. Right, I've got one of theirs. Yeah, I like them. Corin Bailey Ray. Yeah, she's you know, Leeds, isn't she? There's lots. Not in the same league as Manchester, not, though. No, if I'm, I'm a bit, I'm being no, objective here. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm friends with the Mondays and the Roses and New Order, so I'm quite happy with that. One final story about something quite outrageous when you went on tour with well, one them, them, them Manchester bands. Tell me a good tour story. 
Uh, well, Gary, Gary Whelan listens to these podcasts, by the way, yeah, from the Mondays. Gary was a lovely fellow. I went to South Still America. Is. I went to South America with the Mondays. Yeah. So that, that famous picture of Sean in a white uh, Lacoste sort of shirt. I was going to call it Lacoste Fred Perry, but that Lacoste top and Bez in his Brazil shirt. That was an eventful week. They uh, two of them went. Two of them went off to the dealers, and when they came back. They said that these Polish fellows hadn't been out of the room for weeks. They're all white, and a block of cocaine the size of a television. And uh, the band were all just walking around with plastic bags that looked like you know when you go to the fair you get a goldfish. It was that sort of size. All of them just had, uh, and um, and I think they were talking about football, about the Happy Mondays five-a-side team. And somebody said PD would be the uh, the keeper. I said, why? I said, because he never comes off his line. <laughs> I'm going to, um, thinking of going to Argentina, Brazil, Chile in December. Right. Not for cocaine, but to watch football and go to mad derby yeah, matches. That's the best game I've ever seen. I might go to um, the derby game in Rosario between Newell's and Rosario Central. That's where um, Track down a bit. Yeah, I'll do some messy stuff. And I know... Um, I know and some of the Che people, Guevara's from there. Uh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, because he was he's a Argentinian doctor, wasn't he, Che Guevara? Che Guevara I didn't realise it was... Same town. Well, I've never been to Rosario, so I might go there. Probably going to go to Cordoba as well. I know someone who's involved at Talleres, Talleres de Cordoba, and maybe Buenos Aires just because it's brilliant. But first of all, I need to get over my obsession with the Falklands you, War. You asked me about what the uh, best experience of Leeds and Man United was. There was that period of time when David O'Leary was the manager when the games were so intense that I um, I can remember like moves and goals but I don't remember scores and stuff like that I remember we beat you at our ground and I, as I came out I used to sit in the director's box before they repositioned me for shouting um, when you I did, sat in the director's box? I used to have two seats in the director's box as part that of... That's like twatting your credibility by admitting to sitting in the director's box or you're proud of that no, I just I was doing the uh, the club Leeds magazine. magazine so, yes. they gave you one. so as part of the deal, we got two director's box tickets. It meant the writers could go sometimes, you know, or somebody who wasn't going to get a ticket. It was kind of nice perk oh, or an advertiser. But I remember sitting in there and uh, we beat you, and I, it was just it was a great feeling. It was a great day, I, 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 but I can't remember who'd scored or anything. And as we came out, Bobby Charlton was coming out opposite me, and he was just down in front of me, and I just I kind of just patted him on the shoulder and said. Bobby, you need a new manager. <laughs> and, and then I walked down. He went, whoa, 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 whoa. And I just walked down and kept going down into the... He went, obviously, into the director's boardroom. And I went off into the, the hospitality bit. Or, and my mate said, what did you say to Bobby Charlton? He said, why? And he said, he was absolutely furious. <laughs> but he's a big bloke, you know. That felt solid when I slapped him. I didn't... I wasn't trying to push him or anything. It was like a friendly slap on the shoulder. 759 games for Manchester United. Yeah. Dude, that was a flyweight. Thank you for your time. What's okay, the name of your book? For that. It's called Above Head Height. And How much uh, is it? Uh, I think you get it on Amazon now for about 11 quid. But also, there's about 500 hardbacks left, which will lead you up to Christmas. If you want to get it as a present, or if you're travelling from end of October, it's going to be in WH Smith's in the airports and the train stations. So you've got... An airport, train station, deal. exclusive distribution deal. We yes. also have one of them with United We Stand. Good. It costs us money to get them in there. No, so, they've paid for it. Well, we pay to be in there. Anyway, Right. we'll finish Welcome on that slightly sour note. Have you finished? 
Welcome back to Ellen Road next year. I hope we all go to Ellen Road next year. But, but I, lo- I love going back to... Capacity, right? It's 40,000. No, but this guy has got the, the, the money and the speed of decision that by then it'll be bigger. We had 31,000. I know. Which on, no, this is on Tuesday night. 31 and a half. Yeah. Just get to 40 first. Don't get carried away. We've talked about delusion well, enough no, no, in this podcast. Well, no, O'Leary era was 44. No, 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 it wasn't. It was 40. No, it, I'm wasn't. A, it was 40. I'm an for stuff like that, mate, honestly. Well, go and look it up. The Lowfield Road stand. Honestly, when we were doing those Champions League matches, there were 43,000. I will bet you £100 that... Okay. That, that, okay. That, that, right, that you were not I getting... 43,000. Right, and I'm saying 40,000, so okay. we'll, we'll end it on a bet. Okay, all right then. Thanks for your and time. And I'm looking forward to it. It's the first <laughs> time I've felt like this. We've got good players, we've got a great owner. The manager played as a... He didn't play first team, but he, he was under Cruyff at Barcelona. He was on Barcelona's books for six years and the, and the B team. So he's got a good schooling. We're back. We will be back. Thank you. So that's it from James Brown. Um, we'll, next podcast will be before, uh, after the Liverpool United game on Saturday, which we'll be recording Anfield. And then I'll do a podcast from Lisbon uh, next week. I'm currently in Marbella on the south of Spain. Uh, I interviewed uh, Dimitar Berbatov last night. It was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Really surprised me. He said when he arrived that he only had half an hour, and then we spoke for two hours. And he was—he's not always a man who, who who likes giving interviews. He's pretty adverse to dealing with the press a little bit, like Nemanja Bidic. But when he when he starts talking, he's really really interesting, and it was it was a pleasure to to talk with him. We're also working on the next issue of United We Stand, which will be out against Huddersfield away. Uh, we're working hard on that at the moment. Um, We've kept the price the same for years. The subscription prices are the same. Loads of you subscribing, and, I, and we really appreciate that. But if you don't and you listen to this podcast, because thousands of you listen to the podcast but don't buy the mag, um, try it. It's, we've, we've put hundreds of hours into the mag. Far more time goes into the mag than it does into into the podcast. And we've got some good stuff in the next issue. And Martin Edwards has done us a, an interview. We've got. Uh, Stu Matheson, who's just left the Manchester Evening News, he's done us a nice piece after 22 years as correspondent for the paper. There's loads of stuff. There's 44 pages worth of material. So check out our website, uwsonline.com. That's also where, when we're doing interviews, we invite readers to ask questions as well. So that's a tenner a year to go on there. There's bits of inside information on there. There's a Reds Away section with loads of updates on on travel, uh, tickets, ticket ballots, ticket allocations, um, stuff that you will not find anywhere else and we've kept that same price for years and years ever since it started as well so but what we can't do is produce it for for free so have a look at the website have a look at the mag and join us for the next podcast which will hopefully be after a victory at Anfield on Saturday until then goodbye